hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another Predictions and Speculation here on Star Wars Lads. This time we are diving into The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2. It's our first Predictions and Speculation for The Mandalorian Season 3. We're going to give you everything we think might happen in Chapter 18, as well as some of the things we might think happen throughout the course of this entire season. Before we do so, though, please hit that like button down below. We're trying to get this video to 40 likes. Make sure you hit that like button so it can help us out with our goal. And if you are new to our channel, subscribe. We will be covering The Mandalorian and doing these types of videos throughout the entirety of the next two months as this series continues to unfold. We also have predictions and speculation for The Bad Batch, which will be coming out on Sundays now instead of Fridays. And these videos will continue to come out Fridays but our joint review for both episodes will be coming out on Wednesdays until the Bad Batch is over. So let's dive into The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2. Uh, we don't know the title of this one like The Bad Batch, so we can't go in that direction. But the end of this episode leads us to believe we've got about two things that Din is going to do. One, he just literally says it. He's going to Mandalore and he's going to prove that the planet is not poison. So we have that angle to look at. We also have the angle that he needs parts to fix IG-11. Which one, Senek, do you think we're going to dive into both of those next episode, or which one do you think we're going to focus on in episode two? I think the IG-11 storyline is compelling, but my fear is that I don't know if they're going to really do IG-11 the same way as we've done in season one, where he's just a companion now. I think it would be kind of... I don't know. It feels like Mandalorian has moved past having that dynamic. It's already been done and now it has to be like reinvented. And a lot, a lot of the premiere episode felt like, here's what we already know. It's different now, right? This is, this felt like a soft reboot for the entirety of the show. I'm assuming IG-11 is going to be there just for like that season one nostalgia, but he'll be different. And I don't know if you can really get into that immediately. It seems like the whole point with the Anselans is like, oh, that's like such a difficult memory chip to get. And I don't know what when, when that, that line that Grief Cargo says of like, oh, you know, I think, uh, you know, if the Angelans can't find it, you'll probably not have much luck. And I think where if there's anything, maybe you go to like a Tatooine to Pelimoto. She is she's got she has quite literally Jawa relationships, so I, I'm assuming she can <laughs> she can maybe scrounge up something, pay a little extra. Um, I don't know if that'll happen next episode. If they do go to Tatooine next episode, it'll be like a way to like give us a little bit of what happened in the Book of Boba Fett, but like repackaged for audiences. Um, maybe you get like a reference to Boba or like a quick appearance with him and Fennec as like a part of the visit. Um, I I think that shot in the trailer where they're flying with you seeing all the fireworks and all that and like the land speeders i think that could be tattooing i mean the architecture is that uh very much could fit into it so maybe maybe ig11 i don't think he'd be ready within the episode because by the time you do that i think he'd take a lot of time and like you said it's that final point of saying i'm going to mandalore i think he does go to mandalore maybe there's a connection between the two of tattooing and mandalore maybe he maybe pelimoto is like i can't fix up ig11 but i can like give you let you borrow like the bd droid that she has or something i think yeah i think we go on mandalore I, I don't know how detailed we'll get into it but i i want to say the fact that they like already we're already at mandalore instead of like a season-long build-up feels like we're gonna have something big happen i don't know maybe we explore all of sundari first a little bit before diving into the mines Maybe we end in the mind with like a collapse or something very Bad Batch-esque of being trapped at the end of the episode. 
I don't know, but I, I think we're gonna have like some significant process. We'll really get to see what Mandalore is like. Maybe some flashbacks to what he heard about as a child and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's a fair direction to take it. I feel like by going to Cannavala, which is a literally, a, well, he says it's a planet outside in the Mandalore system. Can't remember. I just rewatched the Satine, the like the first episodes when we we're introduced to the Mandalorians in the Clone Wars, and they mentioned Kanavala as more of a moon, I think, in that. So I'm not sure if it's a moon or planet, but it's surrounding Mandalore. So if we're already there, I don't know why he would leave and go somewhere else. So here's my theory on what I think he's going to do, because this episode is very contradictory in a couple different ways. <laughs> the chapter 17 is, first of all, he goes to Navarro and he says, I need a droid I can trust. But he acts like all surprised when he sees the statue of IG-11, like, oh, yeah, there he is. So uh, we're supposed to believe, I guess, even though he hasn't been to Navarro since season two, that he knows that the remains of IG-11 are fine and ready to be repurposed for uh, the, the coming of, second coming of IG-11, first of all. And then after that, he's surprised that he can't fix it and then he needs to go get a part, but then he just leaves and goes to Mandalore and is like, I'm going to Mandalore. So I don't know which way he's going. I think the way to tie the two together would be he says he needs a droid to go to Mandalore. Will he go there and then make it about halfway through his quest? And it's like, uh-oh, I can't get through here. I need a droid. It's like Jedi Fallen Order all over again. Where it's like, oh, you get to this planet, but you get halfway through the level. And they're like, oh, sorry, uh, you can't make it through. You need a droid to specifically access this point. So he's like, ah, oh, dang it. I got to leave Mandalore. And now I got to go back all the way to Tatooine to talk to Pelimoto. And then we get an episode with Pelimoto and hanging out with Grogu and talking to Jawas. And then we get another episode of him going back to Navarro because I believe it's episode three or four that Carl Weathers directs. And the last episode he directed was the only one with Grief Karga in season two. So I think that's a possibility that he goes back to Navarro and whichever episode Carl Weathers directs, picks up IG-11, has the part, and then he goes back to Mandalore for the second half of the season, probably episode five. And then he begins his actual quest I, I kind of don't, I mean, I don't want it to go down that way. It's, that would be really boring. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure they'll go do a decent job with it, but it'd be really disappointing to see him backtrack multiple times. So I hope it doesn't go down that way, but that's, that's the only way in my head I can put the two together. If like, I need a droid to get to Mandalore and then I'm going to team up with Bo-Katan. Well, you can't fix the droid. All right, I'll get you the part, but I'm also just going to go straight into my Mandalorian mission. Forget the droid. Now I get to Bo-Katan and she doesn't have anybody there because she lost the Darksaber. All right, I'm going to go to Mandalore and prove that it's not poisonous. So he's either going there to just prove that it's not poisonous and then coming back, or he's going there and actually trying to start his mission and it's going to not get far enough because he needs IG-11. Either way, I, I think we're in for some type of, of backtracking here. <laughs> but we see Bo-Katan a lot in these trailers and she is almost kind of billed the way Katie Sackhoff has been part of so much of the promotional material, been at all these premieres, we've seen so many images of Bo-Katan. She's almost been billed as like the co-lead of this season. Like it's Din and Bo-Katan and it's their season. And, and it, that makes so much sense because Bo-Katan is the highest ranking and pretty much oldest Mandalorian we've seen in this show. So I think she's going to be a part of it. Sonic, do you see a way for Bo-Katan to kind of come back into episode two of season three? Or do you think that she might be absent from this one until like the end, he's going to come report back to her? Well, I, th I think 
I think she is going to be in episode 2. Maybe not like as a fully active player to like the last 10 minutes. And I think that comes down to what we see in the trailer of her like saying, oh, you thought your dad was the only one who was like a Mandalorian? Um, I, I don't know like if we'll see an extensive action piece with her, but I can see her. I, know, I, I think a big part of this season already has been linked to Grogu maybe having a little more autonomy. I'm trying to like piece together all these shots while they're happening. It seems like Grogu goes down with him in the caves and then he comes out and like he force pushes like one of those creatures away. So maybe Grogu like goes to uh, her castle and like it was like I, in his child like I don't know how he'll really communicate with her but maybe he'll be like oh no my dad is like trapped or like he needs help for backup or something and maybe that's how she like comes in and I don't think she'll be just a tag like, like because that scene of her talking it could be her like being able to like punch her way through and land and beat a bunch of monsters super quickly and like faster than Din did just to like emphasize like yeah your dad's got the dark saber but i am still like mandalorian as it comes your dad is a cult member i am like born and raised you know with the finest equipment the finest training the strongest traditions i am like it almost feels like they're also trying to like really implement like there's like almost like a caste system with the mandalorian structure that yeah you might be like a believer and more religious and all that but i am like I am like the top dog here. Like anything I say goes, the only thing that supersedes it is quite literally the dark saber and because of my failures with the Night of a Thousand Tears. But I think this is like, this will be a good episode to really showcase like the viciousness, the power of Bo-Katan. But I don't know if it'll be extensive. It'll be more of like a tease to be like, oh, Din struggled so hard, he's stuck. Bo-Katan went through this with ease maybe start making comparisons between them i think that that'll be a pretty strong point of the season especially when i saw that poster of them like split up with the dark saber in between i don't know if they're going to be antagonists but maybe bo katan is, is when she like helps him out is like spurred to like showcasing that she is she should still be like the mandalore because of mm-hmm. her abilities her knowledge yeah well i mean that ties back to episode eight of season two where we have really a, a you could cut the tension with the dark saber in the room once he shows up with it in the end of that episode she is not happy and she's obviously given him the cold shoulder in this episode she very coldly says like see you later din jaren and then he just walks away and while she's sprawled out on a throne almost like she is trying to be like yeah you got the dark saber but look at me i'm sitting in a palace like i'm all comfortable this is my planet i'm the ruler she so she's very pouty in the episode we just saw she's like you know oh everybody left me all because of you type of thing like she's really throwing the blame back at him telling him that it's the children of the watch that are the main reason they even lost mandalore in the first place which she's not wrong but it's not just that simple. It's she's part of the Death Watch at one point. It that was part of it. Maul Splinter Group is part of it. Mandalorians have been splintered basically since if we're led to believe in a time period that we really haven't seen, like early Kotor era, if we want to say that Kotor still exists in canon, that type of era, like thousand years before the Republic, we're getting the Mandalorian Wars and and it seems like ever since the Jedi defeated the Mandalorians and, and Tarvisla join the jedi it's been like a completely fractured society of multiple different religions and groups and ways of viewing the dogma and the creed and the image of what a mandalorian is 
And so I think that stretches back generations, not just with the children on the watch, but she's very antagonistic towards Din in this episode. I could see her just following him to Mandalore and kind of being like, well, I'm going to make him do all of the trials. I'm going to make him go to the planet and see if it's poison. If he dies, okay, then I'll grab the dark saber and run. If he, uh, if he gets trapped, then I'll try to save him. Or maybe I can challenge him to, a duel for the dark saber. I think we're getting that at some point. I think they are going to fight and she's going to try to get the dark saber from him. I think she does have too much honor to just be like, Oh, he's at his lowest. I'm going to take advantage of him now. I don't think she's that much of a villain, but she might be that desperate, I guess, after years and years of being kind of subject to the failures of her reign, maybe she is that desperate, but I, I think she's still too much of a good guy and she's going to ultimately be a good guy. By the end of the show, I would assume that I don't think she's going to be thrust into that type of kind of villainous snake position of like, I'm going to take you down while you're trapped under some rubble so I can take the Darksaber. But I think I could see her following them down and being like, okay, it's not poison. Now I'm on for this quest. Like they were the guinea pigs. And now that they're alive, I'm going to join. I think that's the type of direction we could see her go in. And also with her maybe joining about mid-episode, once that we see Mandalore is safe for Din to explore, maybe we do start to get a lot of those flashbacks. And maybe that's the the element of the city of Sindari where like we, we're in it and we're getting now the live action version that we saw in the Clone Wars. And we're finally getting to see like he walks up to places and maybe sees some old history or something. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's where this happened. And we got a little bit of a flashback because we do and have the precedent that we can get flashbacks in The Mandalorian because we did it in Book of Boba Fett. We did it all of season one with Din and his parents when they were killed and he was found by The Mandalorian. So I think we could do that. And maybe that's our key to getting maybe not progressing the narrative super far, but getting our backstory that I think this season is really going to give us. I don't know how much like the narrative really transforms what we think of like the Mandalorian and this time period in general, by the time we finish season three, I think that's going to be more of a season four time because right now it's really split between Mandalorians in this season and then Ahsoka with the other half of like what this story has been, which has been the Jedi angle with Grogu and Grogu's kind of the bridge between the two. I think Ahsoka will push that. And then by the time we all join back up in either Ahsoka season two, Mandalorian season four, or whatever the event in the, in between is going to be, maybe that is when the story actually is furthered rather than this one is kind of, I think going to established in as the Mandalore and reestablish the Mandalorian unity that we see kind of in Rebels before it falls apart again. I think that's a good place to cut off our prediction speculation. We have a lot of thoughts here for what could be in season two, I mean, episode two, but obviously very open-ended and uh, we don't really have much to point to because we only had one episode to see. So let us know what you think down below. You might have some thoughts that are completely different than ours. We will get back to you and respond to your comments. So make sure you're commenting. Hit that like button, help us get to 40 likes, help us get towards 1500 subs. We're almost 1300. So if you're watching this and haven't subscribed, help us get to that milestone as well. Make sure you're checking out the Bad Batch predictions and speculation as well. The new date for it is Sunday. So make sure you're checking out that video when it drops and it's getting good. So we enjoyed episode 11. Can't wait to talk about episode 12. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you next time.